When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. And if it's a hard liquor night, I guarantee it'll be top shelf. I guarantee it. <laughs> Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by You know me Insurance. well. You know me well. Oh, I know. What, what is the, the cheapest stuff that you will drink? The cheapest stuff that you will drink? Oh, when it comes to spirits? Yes. It's not cheap. Yeah. It's not cheap. It's got to be top shelf. You're unbelievable. I don't play any games with that. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I, there I, are a lot I, of places you can skimp. That's not one of them for me. Does this restaurant serve Natty Light? <laughs> no. And I don't want to go to a restaurant that serves Natty Light. I don't want to be in a venue that has Natty Light. Once I graduated from the University of Virginia, I put the Natty Light days behind me. Uh, on the wine list is Mad Dog 2020 there. Don't you, don't you disparage Mogan David. I don't will you never do, do that. Don't you? But that's what you're just doing. That's what you're doing right now. I told you. That the association in- with MD2020 and, and Natty Light, I, I, I resent the implication. I told you that in college, I had a wine and cheese party in my room, my dorm room, and it was Mogan David 2020 and Kraft American Singles. It was amazing. <laughs> you're wild. You're it wild, was amazing. <laughs> I was hung over for four days, but it, that happened. Now, I wonder it took you six years to get out of college. Yeah, seven <laughs> years of college down the drain. <laughs> Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance, I was very surprised by Richard Sherman's comments this week about the whole Lamar Jackson situation. And here he is on the Richard Sherman podcast, the former NFL corner, of course, works for Amazon now. And... The man he is blaming for the entire mess is Patrick Mahomes. What I, what pissed me off is when Kirk Cousins got his fully guaranteed deal a couple years ago, I thought all the quarterbacks from then on were going to be like, hey, you know, if it ain't guaranteed, I ain't taking it. Then Mahomes took that BS deal in just 10 years and wanted, wanted, wanted to look like half a million. Like, But if you get a half of that fully guaranteed, everybody's happier. Everybody goes, that says president. But when he didn't set it, then Josh Allen didn't set it. Now Lamar's trying to set it after Deshaun's already set it. And they're like, nah, nah, we ain't letting that go. So it's his fault for not taking a fully guaranteed deal. Now, listen, we can all downplay the Kirk Cousins money at the time because it was three years and $84 million, But it was, yeah. listen, that was a sizable number for Kirk Cousins to get that fully guaranteed at the time by the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, it was a sizable number, but comparatively speaking, when you looked at what the franchise tags were, that was about in line with what Kirk Cousins would command on a three-year pact. So it made sense. And let's also acknowledge this big fella. An owner writing a check for $84 million to put in escrow, which is what the Minnesota Vikings owner Ziggy Wolf had to do when they signed Kirk Cousins, that's a lot different than what the owner of the Cleveland Browns and Jimmy Haslam did in writing a $230 million check to be put in escrow because that's the guaranteed part of Deshaun Watson's contract. It was all guaranteed. Those are much different figures. Every owner don't have a quarter of a billion dollars in any given year to write a check to be held in escrow for one player. 
Now, I mean, think about that. That's what we would be talking about. And that's why owners don't want to go down that road because they, they feel that it affects their business models. Now, to him blaming Pat Mahomes or scapegoating Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes didn't know that there would be one owner in the National Football League that would be willing to do what Jimmy Haslam did. We didn't think that an owner would be that desperate. So I think it's a little bit of revisionist history to blame Pat Mahomes for Lamar Jackson's current situation. Now, what I will say is this. As long as Lamar Jackson is out there on an island, the owners are going to win. But if Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert make the same contractual demands that Lamar is making and wanting a fully guaranteed deal, then all of a sudden the precedent that Sherm is talking about, you're going to see it. The dam is going to break. That's the terminology that you always use. It's going to happen because those quarterbacks are the faces of the National Football League moving forward. And there ain't a damn thing those owners can do about it. Ain't nothing the Brown family can do about it, the Spanos family, or uh, the owners in the Philadelphia Eagles. There's nothing that they can do about it. They've got to pay those guys. So uh, I hear what Richard Sherman is saying, but I don't think this is as bleak for the players in Lamar Jackson specifically as a lot of owners and a lot of people in the media are painting it out to be. Now, I'll say this, though. If Mahomes goes and wins another Super Bowl next year, you think there's not going to be discussion about tearing out a contract up? Oh, yeah, there already is, big fella. There has there to already be. Is. Because there that, already deal is. Was, that deal was 10 for 477, 63 fully guaranteed, but there were rolling guarantees that, that yes, not fully guaranteed, but they weren't cutting Patrick Mahomes anytime soon. No, so, but the cash flow on that deal is clunky, too. The cash flow on that deal is terrible for Mahomes. Well, the the point is simply this. Mahomes may not have gotten it that time. He may get it this time. He may get it this time. Yeah. And, yeah. and I wouldn't be shocked if he did. Now, if you're Mahomes, are you looking at that deal and, and looking at Lamar Jackson and looking at all this? I mean, Mahomes has got to be worth $300 million guaranteed, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, easily. Easily. I mean, I mean See, easily. I mean, you can go in there and say this is the number. Mahomes can say, I want $60 million a year. I don't think there are too many people around football that would say that he's not worth it. Here's my point about it. Whether or not he was to blame the first time around, can't he work going to get there with quarterbacks? Whether it's the three guys this offseason we're going to get paid besides Lamar Jackson or whether it's Mahomes getting that deal ripped up, we are going to get there, and it's not going to be too far in the future where the quarterbacks are getting fully guaranteed deals. Well, and that's a product of what the owners made the game, right? They put all of the rules in place in order to accentuate the passing game in quarterback play. They were determined to make quarterbacks the stars of the league moving forward. And by virtue of doing that, they gave a lot of power, a lot of swing to the signal callers. You can't have success in this league without having a quarterback. It just doesn't happen anymore. Uh, the, margin, the margin for error is not there if you don't have a guy that can be a force multiplier in the middle of that huddle. And so I, I, don't, I don't feel bad for the owners that they're going to be in this situation at all. And the players have to do a good job of recognizing their power. And that's why I do think this is the offseason where it happens because you have – these guys, you're talking about four of the top 10 quarterbacks in the National Football League, all under the age of 27 years old. How, how often are you going to get a scenario like that playing out in one given offseason where all of those guys are in line for new contracts? 
it doesn't happen very often. When you get four of the top ten players at the quarterback position, you might as well say in the sport, having their contracts up. This is the offseason for the players to hold the line, similar to what we're seeing the owners try to do uh, with their posturing around the Lamar Jackson situation. We've talked about it a little bit, Canty, but what's the timeline here for Lamar Jackson? I mean, when do we actually think that he will be signed to a contract with a new team, whether he's traded or whatever? When do well, we see that happen? The, the Ravens are going to have to move. They're going to have to move before July 17th, which is the deadline to extend a player that's on the franchise. Is it, important they, they can't go, you, is it important, though, if you're the Ravens, uh, if there's somebody that you really, really like in this draft to try to make it sooner rather than later? I would agree with that, but, but here's the thing. The, the Ravens could get caught betwixt and between. And why I say July 17th as opposed to the draft is because they're still holding out hope that they can mend fences with Lamar Jackson. And I do think that this organization is going to try to test his resolve. And the owners are content allowing this to play out to see if Lamar Jackson will blink. Because if they can get Lamar Jackson to blink, then guess who else they can go to and say, hey, we're not giving guaranteed deals. You see what just happened. They're not going to allow a guaranteed deal for Joe Burrow if Lamar Jackson plays. They're not going to do it for Jalen Hurts. They're not going to do it for Justin Herbert. But if all of these guys are content allowing this thing to play out until mid-July, then all of a sudden there becomes more pressure on the Baltimore Ravens because you are talking about those other teams that have young quarterbacks that need deals having to get something done before the start of the year. Like if you're going to extend Joe Burrow, it has to happen before the start of the season. If you're going to extend Jalen Hurts, it needs to happen before the start of the season. Why? Because we know after the season, with what's going to happen with the salary cap and the new revenue streams coming into the league, it's going to be that much more expensive. The salary cap already ran up $16 million this year. It's supposed to go up by astronomically more in 2024. So if you're a team, you want to lock in cost certainty at the quarterback's spot before you see that spike in the salary cap. That's why if you're Lamar, you sit back and you wait. If the Ravens don't want to do anything, then watch one of these other teams try to extend their quarterback. And if they get a guaranteed deal, it makes it a lot easier to get the contract you're looking for. Mavs Sixers tonight. It's going to be a hot ticket in Philly. Hot ticket brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats rewards your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. That is also where you can find Mavs Sixers tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern time. It is Marquestashire and, of course, Legs. Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst, Mr. Philly, joins us right now. Tim, it's Chris Carlin, Chris Canty. We appreciate a few minutes. And we expect to see Joel Embiid tonight. He's got plenty of rest after sitting out the other night. If you may not uh, be able to tell, I am a little bit down on Mr. Embiid for sitting out the night that they were going up against uh, Nikola Jokic and the guy he's up against in the MVP. What's been your take of this the last few days, the way Embiid and the Sixers handled it? Yeah, well, listen, I'll tell you what. If you're Joel Embiid, you know, maybe that was strategic because he figured, hey, listen, when Denver came into Philadelphia, he manhandled Jokic that night. I think he had about 48 points in that game. So he may, maybe he's thinking, listen, if this thing's neck and neck, I'm not going to give him a chance to, like, <laughs> outplay me at home. Um, I say that tongue-in-cheek. I don't think that was the cause. But, yeah, this is Philadelphia right now, a little bit limping here as we approach the end of the season. And we're not exactly sure what's going to happen with them beating hard in this, in this game tonight. 
Uh, but Philadelphia is a team that's for a long stretch, uh, two, two-and-a-half-month stretch, and this team's played as good a basketball as anybody in the league. Um, and, and so you don't want to see them a little bit banged up here, the two-star players heading into these, these final games because they still do have an opportunity to catch Boston and finish second, which would be critical, obviously, if you play them in the second round. You've got home court. Um, but we're still waiting to see exactly what the status is going to be. Well, Tim, if the Sixers are limping, then the team they're playing tonight has a broken leg. The Dallas Mavericks have lost four of the last five games that they've been out there. The Kyrie-Luka experiment just has not worked out. This is an organization that has taken some huge swings to try to find a running mate for Luka Doncic, whether it's the Chris Pops porzingis experiment. And now, as they're currently constituted, they let Jalen Brunson walk out of the door for nothing this past summer. So, based on where the Dallas Mavericks are now, they are outside of the play-in looking in. If this team misses the play-in, and doesn't get into the playoffs, what happens to the relationship between the Mavs and Luka Doncic? Yeah, that's a great question, uh, you know, going forward. And look, and he's got to own some of this as well. As great a player as he is, and he's, he's certainly one of the most, if not the most dominant offensive player in the league, he has to own some of it from a, a leadership and maturity standpoint. I think what's going on there, um, you know, will he? I'm not sure. because I think these are conversations that have to take place every offseason with him as he continues to mature as a player and as a leader, uh, I don't know where that's going to leave them because I don't know where this is going to leave Kyrie mentally. If just if somehow they end up completely on the outside looking in and they've played this poorly, you know, since they acquired him, I'm not sure where anybody's head is, is going to be in the organization. I just know that relative to expectations going into the year, this has to be one of the most disappointing team stories in the league because this is a conference finalist with one of the best players in the league. I know you lost Brunson. But you also added some pieces that, that I think they needed. They added some length and some size. Um, and it just, they've not been very good defensively all year. It doesn't look like a team now that I think defensively has gotten any better since they added Kyrie, obviously. And I think more importantly, they look listless at times. They just don't look like they've got that will to fight. And look, they fall in that category of teams, and there's a few of them in the West, dangerous because of the talent at the top of the roster but trying to like slap it together at the end of the year and make a run. And I just, it just doesn't work that way in the NBA. Um, so we'll see how strong their will is here down the stretch and what kind of fight they put up tonight and, and for these remaining games to get into the play-in and see if they can make noise. It's hard to dismiss them because of the two guys on their roster, but at the same time, this just does not look like a team that is really going to make a serious run at, at the Western Conference. And they could be going home in, either in the play-in, not make the play-in, or in the first round. Any of those scenarios, this is going to feel very empty to them going into the summer. Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst with us, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Series 6M Channel 80. Legs, if the Sixers are healthy going into the postseason, where do you stack them up in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, I think that you have to consider them just a slight notch below Milwaukee and Boston. And, and the reason I would say that, they have enough talent with, with Embiid, Harden, and Maxie offensively. They can go toe-to-toe with anybody in the league. I look at the difference really being that next layer on their roster and the impact that some of those role players can have. Philly lacks that beyond their top three. When you look at guys like Derek White and Brogdon, you know, they're, and Marcus Smart, their, their ability to handle the ball, create shots. They, they have guys that are coming off their bench or filling out their starting rotation that can be, for stretches, the best player on the court. Philly doesn't really have that beyond their top three. And when you get into a playoff series, you need those contributions. And for Milwaukee, you know, you, you'll get guys like Bobby Portis, 
like how good he can be, how significant Brooke Lopez, how big those guys can be for stretches or game changers. Philly doesn't really have that. So I think that certainly they can, they can go toe-to-toe with those teams. Ultimately, you are going to need those sort of you know, X-factor type contributions in the course of the series. And that's why I would favor Milwaukee and Boston. But dangerous Philly team going into the playoffs since, since Doc's been here. Um, even though they won't be you know, a number one seed, they're going to have to do it a little bit of a different way. Uh, I, I think they're going to be right there, and it can obviously could give those teams a run for their money, but I just think ultimately they come up a little bit short. That's why Milwaukee and Boston are, are, the, are the clear favorites, with Milwaukee right now, for me, being the team most likely to get to the finals in the East. Legs tonight, Kevin Durant is going to make his return from injury set to take on the Minnesota Timberwolves, the surging Timberwolves in his home debut <laughs> out in the desert. What do you expect to see from Kevin Durant tonight, and how quickly can this Phoenix Suns team build chemistry before they get to the playoffs? Well, I think for me, fortunately, you know, for Phoenix, Kevin Durant is probably the most plug-and-play player in the entire league in terms of – I think you could take Kevin Durant, put him on the court with any group of four guys from any team, and he seamlessly integrates. And that's, a, that's really a testament to his greatness because he doesn't – need you to do anything to pander to him offensively so it doesn't disrupt flow he's very confident that he's going to get his he can do his thing um and you do your thing he's going to get his 30 at the end of the night and do it efficiently and that's a great thing in terms of rhythm and flow you can just plug him in whenever he comes back and just take off from there so i think you're going to see greatness immediately and he's going to remind people pretty quickly here in the rest of the regular season why phoenix i think is the one team that potentially could stand in the way of denver getting to the finals 7 p.m. tonight, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Mavs and Sixers, Mark Kestisher, Tim Legler, Kesty and Legs. It's like an 80s cop show. I love it. <laughs> I love how Kesty you said that. I love that. <laughs> All right, Tim. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. All right, guys. Anytime. In just moments, oh, it's time to make our daily dash to the draft. And Canty has done it. He has given you, or is about to give you, He is about to grace us with his top five wide receivers in this year's NFL draft. Get out your pen. Not your pencils, your pen, because we're putting this in ink. Next, right after we tell you about this, from our good friends at Indeed. Now listen, if April is showering your company with open positions, then check out Indeed. Their powerful hiring platform makes it simple to attract Interview and hire candidates all in one place. Just sponsor a post, get matched instantly with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. Then invite them to apply and get connected. No more jumping from site to software to cell phone. You can easily schedule and conduct virtual interviews all on the Indeed dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash credit. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not 
not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. I, I know he does it for effect. I know, but I, I have to give him credit because he gets me every time. Orlovsky's at it again, Canty. Is he really? It's again. another food take? Yes, and it's an, another atrocious food take. Is, is it worse than the one towel for every month take that he had? Just a few weeks ago? It's up there. I would certainly put it up there. Okay, because that was just absolutely gross. That was nasty. Here it is. Three hours ago. Go to at-home lunch. Peanut butter and strawberry jelly on a rice cake. Come on. Why? That's his tweet. Why? Why would you take something as as classic as the PB&J and just destroy it Can't I, I, I don't even have the words why why would you why would you mess up a pb and j by putting it on rice cakes i i can respect the choice of strawberry jelly not my thing but i know a lot of people are strawberry jelly people yeah that's not that's not the issue here no the that's not is the issue. issue the rice cake is the, the right why why don't you just say i want to put I, my go-to lunch peanut butter and strawberry jelly on styrofoam well, well, my whole, well, here's the thing. If you're going PB&J, why are you all of a sudden trying to be health conscious by putting it on a rice cake? That doesn't well, make any sense. Danny's one of those you're guys You're already that's getting gonna, the calories. Just go all the way and go with the bread. And Danny's going to be one of those guys that's going to tell you, well, it's the good fat. You know, it's the good you're, fat you're the peanut butter. You're perverting a PB&J sandwich. Uh, it's an American staple. I agree. I agree. It's, it's just. It's unpatriotic I mean, what Dan Olavsky is doing. We get it. You're healthy. We get it. Keep rubbing it in our face. Look at me. I eat healthy foods. Well, it doesn't matter if you're eating healthy foods if you're only using one towel per month. (laughs) I I can't imagine imagine that's very healthy. (laughs) Uh, You know what? You know what he is? He is the worst. The worst. The worst. The worst. He's the worst. Oh, I love that drop. I love that drop, by the way. 100% the worst. Yeah. And uh, uh, one last thing about Mm. rice cakes. People oddly judgmental about rice cakes when they see somebody who clearly does not eat rice cakes purchase them. It's like if you walked into a store and bought rice cakes, people are going to give you the side eye. In fact, Canty, I do the shopping in my household. Uh huh. I have more than once gotten a look of from the cashier of rice cakes. Really? They're for my wife. <laughs> I, like they'll I look mean, like they'll be, they'll be ringing it across, and they'll just kind of look up at me like, huh? And I but, actually will have to sit there and say, eh, it's for my wife. But here's the thing, though: you can't have a change of heart where you're like, you know what? I'm actually going to try to start taking care of myself. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to eat better. Maybe you're you're going on a health food kick. 
for whatever. Like, that's the thing. Why do they have to be judgmental? Because you could potentially be trying to turn your life around by changing your eating habits. I, don't I like agree. That. I don't I agree. like that for you. But even I will look at some people sometimes who are are in better shape than me, but, you know, probably have a few pounds on them. And even I'll look at them like rice cakes, really. Who are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Okay, football fan, let's get back to some football. This is the Dash for the Draft with Canty and Carlin. You know, we haven't talked about it. That is a little bit odd, Roger Goodell. Let's get back to some football, football fans. Yeah, yeah that's that's a is a little strange, bit like Raj. Yeah, I can't wait to hear him get booed live when we show up in Kansas City to do the draft. Are you going to run out of where we're doing the draft and do it yourself? I mean, I'm going to run out to. and boo. You know, he usually comes in the radio row and makes the rounds and says hello to everybody. So I'm sure I'll see him. We'll exchange pleasantries and all of that. But when he comes out to kick off the draft. I might need to find my way to somewhere around the stage just so I can be a part of the crowd that's booing the hell out of him. Or at least take it in. Or at least take it in. Yeah, I don't feel bad for him, especially when he's making $60, $65 million a year. Well, Canty today has got his top five wide receivers in the 2023 draft. Yeah, and so let me explain to the audience exactly what I'm doing. So the top five important positions in the National Football League, of course, quarterback, the guy that hits the quarterback, which are the edge rushers, the guy that protects the quarterback from the edge rushers, which is your offensive tackles. Then you've got your cornerbacks. Then you've got your wide receivers. So we're five weeks away from the NFL draft. And so we're going to do this every single week on Wednesdays. I'm going to give you my position rankings, and we're going to use one of the top five positions of importance when it comes to winning in the National Football League. Today, we're going to start with number five, the wide receivers. Well, look at this. You have thought this whole thing out, haven't you? Absolutely. Well done. Absolutely. Well done. A heck of a lot organized than me. Number five. Number five, we're going to kick it off with Jordan Addison from Southern Cal. Now, listen, his production dipped from two years ago when he was with Kenny Pickett and Pitt, and you're talking about a guy that went for 1,600 receiving yards and 15 touchdowns. Didn't have quite that kind of impact. You could chalk it up to him adjusting to Lincoln Riley's offense and adjusting to a new quarterback in Caleb Williams. He's still a little bit faster than I expected he was. He ran a 4-4-9 at the scouting combine, but he is undersized. And for that reason, I'm a little bit concerned when he gets matched up with corners that might get a little handsy with him. He's undersized, slight of frame. So that's why he's checking in at fifth and not higher on my list. Number four. Number four, we're going to go with Jalen Hyatt, who was an absolute burner out of Tennessee. He was on the end of a lot of those Hendon Hooker touchdown passes out in Rocky Top. You're talking about a guy that went over 1,200 yards receiving this season, 15 touchdowns, an absolute baller. He's 6'1", got a lot of deep speed. Carlin, he doesn't necessarily show you the suddenness or burst on the short or intermediate routes. And so you'd like to see a little more polish when it comes to running the complete route tree. But this is a guy that has a lot of potential. And you're talking about him potentially stepping in to an NFL offense and being a bona fide number two receiver. Number three. Number three, Quentin Johnston from TCU. I think Quentin Johnston is a really good football player. He's got big-time size, Carlin. I mean, he's a big, big dude. You're talking about 6'3", 208 pounds. A little bit of a throwback in terms of what you saw from receivers in the early 2000s. He's going to get you those 50-50 balls, contested catches. He had a 40 
inch vertical jump and 11-2 broad jump out the combine. So imagine that 6-3 frame being able to go up and get it against smaller defensive backs. He's a big play downfield waiting to happen. He doesn't necessarily have that that speed that you're looking for from the wide receiver position, but I do think he has the potential to grow into being a number one receiver, a guy that can continue to keep the sticks moving as a possession type of pass catchers. So I, I like Quentin Johnston. I think he's got the pro comp to a guy like Alshon Jeffrey from back in the day. So I think these, there's going to be big time value for him in the first round. He's my number three receiver in my rankings. Number two, Jackson Smith and Jigma from an Ohio State. Didn't play in a lot of games this year, as you know, Carlin, because I know you did a lot of Big Ten games uh, by virtue of working with Rutgers. But Jackson Smith and Jigba is very, very smooth. He's quicker than fast, but he's got good size at 6'1", 200 pounds, and he's going to be able to run the entire route tree. He's got that polish that you're looking for. I think this guy can step into an NFL offense and be an instant impact type of player. Not going to be a huge learning curve for him playing in um, Coach Day's off, Coach Day's pro-style offense at Ohio State. Jackson Smith and Jigba was a little bit concerned that he decided not to run at the combine, but again, he did show up and he had a, a, a short shuttle of under four seconds and he had a three cone of 6.57. So that shows you he does have that short area quickness and burst that you need to separate from defenders on those short to intermediate routes. Number one. My number one receiver in the 2023 draft class, Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Big-time production, over 1,000 yards receiving, 16 touchdowns this year. He puts you in the mind of a Debo Samuel. This is a guy that's short, not small. He's going to pack a punch when you go to tackle him. He's going to break a lot of tackles underneath. Big time catch and run with Zay Flowers, and you can use him in a lot of different ways. He brings a lot of creativity to an offense. I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility for a team to play him at the X receiver as well as the slot and the Z. I love Zay Flowers, one of my favorite players in the 2023 draft class. Uh, I like the list. I I would probably – there's nobody that I, I felt like was left off. I probably would just shift some things around. Like okay, I, what you I, got? I, I might slide Jalen Hyatt down. Uh, I might slide uh, Quentin Johnston up a little bit more. Okay. Uh, I might slide uh, – who did you have fifth? You had um, – Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison. I, it, it's a little bit of a slight frame, but I would probably slide him up to, to fourth. And Quentin Johnston I would probably slide up to second. And the put second? Smith okay. and Jigba – the, the one thing I didn't love about Smith and Jigba this past year was – uh, because he only played in those three games, and it felt like all along that he was going to make sure that he was healthy for the offseason. And I understand mm-hmm. that. But then you didn't run at the combine either. So yeah. something's got to give at some point there, to your point. Canty yeah. Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, that is your dash to the draft. In just moments, friends, the baseball season is about to begin. And we've got a better idea of how the new rules are going to impact the games. You're going to want to hear some of these eye-opening numbers. It's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Canty, I grew up a huge, huge, huge baseball fan. Massive. Loved it. I did pre and post game for the Mets on TV for five years. And at the end of it, I hated baseball. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. Not because I was watching <laughs> bad baseball. It yeah. was because the games just took forever. And I'm very enthused about what we're seeing so far with the pitch clock. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. It is time for the progressive MLB snapshot. So, as we know, opening day is tomorrow. Uh, White Sox-Astros open the season tomorrow night. ESPN Radio coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Canty, I am am really enthused and excited over the pitch clock. For those who don't know, with nobody on base, pitchers now have 15 seconds in between pitches, and batters have until there's eight seconds on the pitch clock to get back into the batter's box. And if there are runners on base, they move that number to 20 seconds uh, for the pitch clock. So far in spring training this year compared to last year, they have shaved 30 minutes off of games on average. Wow. 30 minutes. Now, for me, it's not so much that the game is so long. It's that the action will not be held up you will not be sitting there forever waiting for the next thing to happen yeah and i mean i think that's what we're looking for right but i also think the pitch clock in conjunction with baseball eliminating the shift is going to make for a more entertaining product because now you're talking about the pace of the game being sped up but actually having more activity you know, before you're talking about batters, it, 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 there's going to be one or two results. It's going to be a home run or it's going to be a strikeout. And, and so I, I think now when you have the potential to have guys, you know, going old school and, and being able to, you know, get guys on base and move runners over the old fashioned way by base hits. Uh, I, I think it's a situation where the game becomes more exciting because there, there's more action involved. So I think that's the biggest challenge for baseball, trying to to make it more engaging for the casual sports fan, somebody that might not necessarily be a diehard. Um, you know, I, I think the two the two things that they're experimenting with, the biggest two things, the pitch clock and the shift, eliminating that, I, I think that's going to be huge in terms of baseball being able to catch or capture a younger demographic. Yeah, and, and specifically, not just sitting at home and watching or whatever, okay? Um, I think it more has to do with going to the games and being able to take your kids during the week and you're not going to get home at midnight. <laughs> that's a part of it too. <laughs> I, I think that's a big part. Of it. I think you're going to see the, the one real 
benefit for Major League Baseball, I think you're going to see improved attendance earlier in the year or during the weeknights during the year that is during the school year. You know, like I could see weeknights in April and May, not massively up, but I could definitely see the numbers going up because you know that the game is going to be two and a half hours probably, and you can work from there. Two and a half hours is an exceptionally fair, fair uh, amount of time for a sporting event. And then when you're able to keep the action going, I think it's going to be even better. Yeah, and I think that was the thing that baseball was running into. You're you're talking about trying to generate urgency over the course of a 162-game regular season. That's hard to do. But I think the way that you keep folks' minds engaged on what's happening in that given night is by speeding up the game, giving it a better pace of play, and giving more action. And that's what these two rules changes are absolutely going to do for baseball. So I'm excited to see what it looks like. I'm a Yankees fan, so we kick off the season at home against the the San Francisco Giants. So that'll be fun to watch. But I think baseball is moving in the right direction. The fact that they're being proactive about it lets me know that Rob Manford and the rest of the owners understand where they're at when it comes to the, the you know the sports and, and, and having their product compete with other entertainment products that might be right there in the sports realm. That's a progressive MLB snapshot of progressive. They're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.